0: All right, before I start talking, I want to read to you once again this story. You've heard it a thousand times, but you need to hear it one more time because it's so good. So if you have a Bible, turn to Matthew 28. Or if you just want to close your eyes and meditate on the words and draw up some pictures of what it must have been like in your your mind, that's good too. Matthew 28, verses 1 to 10. Early on Sunday morning, as a new day was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went out to visit the tomb. Suddenly, there was a great earthquake, for the angel of the Lord came down from heaven, rolled the stone aside, and sat on it. His face shone like lightning, and his clothes were as white as snow. The gods shook with fear when they saw him, and they fell into a dead faint. Then the angel spoke to the women. Don't be afraid, he said. I know you are looking for Jesus, who was crucified, He isn't here. He's risen from the dead, just as he said would happen. Come. Come and see where his body was lying. And now go and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead and he is going ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there. Remember what I've told you. The women quickly ran from the tomb. They were so very frightened, but also filled with great joy. And they rushed to give the disciples the angel's message. As they went, Jesus met them. And he greeted them. And they ran to him, grasped his feet, and worshiped him then Jesus said to him to them don't be afraid go tell my brothers to leave from Galilee and they will see me there over the past few weeks We've been looking at some of the ands of the gospel. That so often in our life, in our society, with all the division and with all the brokenness, we like to put an either or in the places where God sometimes puts an and, right? And so we've talked about faith and works. And there's a lot of people who say, well, I got I to earn my way to heaven a lot of people said, Well, I got grace, so I don't have to worry about faith. But Jesus says faith and works. It's not an either-or. Another of those ands is grace and truth. Well, you need to know the truth, we say. Another said, Well, you just need a lot of grace. And we say, either or, and Jesus says, And he came from the Father full of grace and truth. We talk about people being good and bad all at the same time. Today in this story, there is another and. But it's not an and where our world puts an either or. It's an and where our world puts a period. Because the scripture says, the angel says, the disciples said, thousands and thousands and millions and billions of people throughout history have said he was dead. We can all agree on that. You don't hang on a cross and make it out alive. That's a historical fact. But there's a lot of people who look at the cross and they say, he was dead, and they put a period. But God, through his word, erases that period and puts an and. He was dead and now he is alive he was dead and now he has risen and that and this and changes everything and so it's early in the morning and it's dark in the morning And men being men, the disciples were probably sleeping. But the ladies care. And they get up early on Sunday morning. The scripture says a new day was dawning. Yeah, a new day was dawning. It was the start of a new week. It was a new Sunday morning. But this was more than just a new day. This was a new era. This was the moment where everything in history swung on. Saturday was the last day of what was. Sunday was the new day of everything that is. We read that there were many ladies going to visit the tomb. You put all the gospel accounts together, it turns out there was about seven ladies who went that day. Matthew just describes two. He talks about Mary Magdalene and the other Mary. Mary Magdalene. She was a lady who'd met Jesus a little while earlier in a point of desperation because she had some demons at work within her. Several, in fact. And these demons, whatever they were, however they manifested themselves, had tortured her for her entire life. She was doing crazy things. She was saying crazy stuff. And her society rejected her. No one liked her. No one loved her. Everybody wanted to abandon her. And she meets Jesus. And Jesus heals her. This lady was a nobody. Until she found Jesus. And she sees him dying and she's devastated. And so she wants to care. So she raises her hand and said, hey, I- I'll go and help. They were going to tend to the body. They were going to anoint the one who had anointed them. That they were going to decorate the body and adorn it with Spices. In this tradition, that was kind of like we send flowers to a funeral today. They bought uh, spices. You know, maybe there's a number, 1-800-SPICES or something, where you would order your, your funeral spices. But there's this lady, Mary Magdalene, who was so broken, so lost, so rejected, so despised. But she wants to go and see Jesus. It says there's another Mary as well. You know, at first reading, you think, well, maybe this is Mary, the mother of, of Jesus. She was there, but that's not the Mary they're talking about here. It's possible that this Mary was uh, the sister of Jesus' mom's Mary. So they had two daughters called Mary, which wasn't as weird as it sounds. But there were also some other ladies there as well. There was a lady called Salome. There was uh, Mary, Jesus' mom. This lady who we lord because of the virgin birth, who we celebrate because she raised Jesus. This lady who was highly favored by God, that God would give his own son. There was a lady called Joanna there as well. Joanna was part of the upper classes. Her husband was one of the the chief servants in uh, Herod's palace, we think. She was very well-to-do. She was very rich. She had it going on. People wanted to meet her because she was very, very special. There was another lady who went called Susanna. We don't know much about her. But on that first moment of this new day, we read that the ladies went to visit with Jesus. But this wasn't an ordinary gathering of ladies because there was people at the top of the social spectrum and there was people so far at the bottom of it, they'd fallen off the social spectrum. There was people who had resources and there was people who had none. There's people who had horrible histories and people who'd been born with a silver spoon in their mouth. It was a diverse group of ladies who went to the tomb that morning. And you know what that tells us? That tells us that the resurrected Jesus is for everyone. The rich, the poor, those who have, those who don't. Those who act like this and those who act like that. The gospel is for everybody. You've heard it said that the ground is level at the foot of the cross, right? Meaning that all of us have sinned, that all of us are broken, separated from God because of that. And it doesn't matter what you've got, what you don't have, who you are, what you, who you're not. The ground is level at the foot of the cross because we're all sinners. But this reminds us that the ground is level in front of the open tomb as well, right? Not just are we all sinners in need of the cross to forgive us, but all of us are in need of the life that Jesus offers. It's not just that we purge the junk and the sin outside of us. It's that we're filled by him. On that first day, there was all kinds of people going to the tomb. And it reminds us that the gospel is for everyone. This good news is for all. You know, there's a whole lot of talk about uh, equality in our world. And honestly, I'm for most of it. But equality starts here with the acknowledgement that all of us, every one of us is sinful and equal at the foot of the cross. And every one of us is equal in our need to know the resurrected Christ. The gospel is for everyone. So the ladies are there. It says, suddenly there is a great earthquake for the angel of the Lord came down from heaven, rolled the stone aside and sat on it. Man, I love this. I just kind of picture this arrogant, <laughs> smirking angel, right? Who saying, you're not going to believe what's just happened. And he's kind of sitting there like this on the rollaway too. <laughs> saying, come on, check it out. Check it out. Check it out. There are two significant things happening in this part of the story. First of all, the gospel is for everyone. Secondly, we need to understand that the gospel impacts everywhere. There is an earthquake. Now, that wasn't unfamiliar in Jerusalem. It's on a fault line. But it's pretty unusual that two earthquakes happened within three days. And it's pretty unusual that one earthquake happened at the exact same moment that Jesus breathed his last, and another earthquake came at the very moment that Jesus breathed his first again. One commentator writes that the first earthquake was humanity, the earth being moved by the weight of evil. But the second earthquake was the earth rejoicing with joy that God hadn't left. Here's the deal. When Jesus rose, the earth quaked. And so did heaven. An angel came down. Sitting there full of joy, full of happiness with a big smile on his face because heaven was partying right now. The resurrection of Jesus Christ changes earth and it opens heaven. Jesus isn't just for everyone, but wherever we are. See you guys, i got training to go to. (laughs) That and God bless you guys. The gospel isn't just for everyone, but it reaches everywhere, right? The depths of the earth were shaking. The heights of heaven were rejoicing, right? The gospel is for everyone, everywhere. Think about this, right? The depths of the earth shook and the heights of heaven shook. we're somewhere in the middle. Probably a lot closer to the earth side of things. But the point I'm trying to make is that wherever we are, if God can do things down here and up here, and we're in the middle, then God can do things with us. The resurrection is for everyone... Everywhere, everyone, everywhere. There is nowhere that we can go where he can't reach us. There is nothing that we can do that is so bad it separates us from God. We cannot outrun him. We cannot outsin him. His grace travels much further than our sin. The gospel is for everyone, everywhere. The gods shook with fear when they saw him, and they fell into a dead faint. Then the angel spoke to the woman, as angels do. Don't be afraid. It's the first thing angels always say. It's a wise move. (laughs) I know you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. They were looking to find the body of one who was crucified. They walked in saying to themselves, we're going to find Jesus the crucified. But the angel is saying... You probably shouldn't call him Jesus the Crucified anymore because <laughs> he's got a new name. J- Jesus the, the Resurrected, this, this Jesus Crucified, well, he's not here. In fact, we can't, we can't call him that anymore because he's risen from the dead. Everyone, everywhere needs to hear this invitation to live. We spend so much time focusing on that which was dead, right? We spend so much time doing things that are ultimately leading us and edging us closer and closer to death and the things of death. But he's not there. He's defeated death. I imagine the ladies were pretty confused. They were pretty shook up. And then because of that, the angel does something that was so thoughtful and so provoking. He says, come and see. He says, I know this is a, a lot to swallow, The death isn't the end. That man you saw hanging on that tree, he's not dead anymore. He's actually alive again. So I want you to come and see. And I believe that it was in that coming and seeing that everything changed in their lives. They saw the grave clothes lying there Not like someone had ripped them off. But just like they'd fallen, like someone had left them. And they see the tomb, and they see the size of it, and they see there's no trap doors or or, or back exits. And they start to remember what Jesus had said, that on the third day he would rise again that death wouldn't have the final word, that there is hope beyond the grave. And they put together in a split second all that Jesus has said about light and life, and they started to believe it because the come and see allowed them to encounter the risen Jesus. Everyone, everywhere, needs to encounter Jesus. I was working it out this week. I've been following Jesus for 28 years. And I was sitting talking about this with a group of guys that I've had breakfast with for the last 10 years. And we started talking about when we first encountered Jesus, for one of the guys, it was 46 years ago. Another, it was 30-something. I felt like a baby at 28. And we talked about how when you encounter Jesus, everything in life changes. There is forgiveness. There is purpose. There is joy. There is hope. There is struggle. There is fear. But the promise is that Jesus is with us. Everyone, everywhere, needs to have their own encounter with Jesus if they want to live. Where was your first encounter with Jesus? Perhaps it was when someone said something that quickened something in your heart. Perhaps it was when you first heard this incredible story. Perhaps it was when you're driving in New York and you realize that you can't keep ticking people off. <laughs> when did you encounter Jesus like these ladies? The invitation is still there today. Come and see. Check it out. See the evidence. Read the books. See Christ in people's lives. It's there to see, but you gotta come and see it if you want to encourage if you want to encounter Jesus. Everyone, everywhere needs to encounter Jesus if they want to live. But as quickly as the disciples said, come. They let the ladies see, the disciples turned it around, and they said, and now go quickly. Come and see is quickly followed by go and tell. And it always is. Jesus invites us in to look, and then he sends us out to share. And so we read in verse 8 that the women ran quickly from the tomb. And then it says something about their emotional state, which seems pretty contradictory. It says they were very frightened, but also full of joy. Have you ever felt those same, same things at the same time? Remember my wedding day, <laughs> full of joy, I'm a little bit frightened. <laughs> Remember when our kids were born, full of joy, but a whole lot frightened. Not just is Jesus for everyone, everywhere, but he promises to be with us in every moment. There are times in life where being a Christian is really hard, where we will be frightened. There are times when being a Christian is full of joy, when we want to laugh and we want to celebrate and we enjoy the richness of what it means to know that God is for us. But one of the things that the resurrection made clear is not just that the gospel is for everyone, not just that the gospel can be found everywhere, but that Jesus and his gospel are with us in every moment. When I became Christian 28 years ago, there was a verse that somehow God deposited in my heart that honestly has kept me following Jesus when there were lots of times that I wanted to run the other way. and I was talking about this week with another friend and he said, well, "Oh how, how do you how do you manage going into some scary situations and making some some big risks and all that kind of stuff?" And I remembered that. That scripture that Jesus deposited in my heart when I first encountered him, it's found in Hebrews. It says, surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. And that verse reminds us that whether we're fearful or whether we're joy-filled, whether we're up, we're down, we're angry, we're happy, whatever it is, Jesus is with us every moment. This glorious story is for everyone, everywhere, that we can encounter Jesus and live in every moment. I heard the story a while ago about an atheist who was very bold in his atheist beliefs. I mean, God God bless him, because it takes a whole lot of faith to be an atheist, a whole lot more than it does to be a believer. And he wanted his son to grow up with this same belief. And so around the dinner table, they didn't pray. Around the holidays, they didn't celebrate. But he wasn't sure that his young son was getting it. So he decided to make a sign that he wanted to put above his son's bed. A little sign like this. you seen these? It says, "God is nowhere." God is nowhere." And he thought, that's going to seal the deal for my son. He's going to grow up thinking rationally. He's going to come up just not bothering with any of that religious stuff and the pain that it often causes. I've done my job. And he put the sign on the nightstand. But as he did it, It knocked and it slid, and his son grew up reading before he went to bed. God is now here. God is now here. that's the message of Easter for us. That everyone everywhere can encounter Jesus and live at every moment because God is now here. He's not Distant from us. No one's finding any Jesus bones. He's here with us now. Everyone. Everywhere. Every moment. Like the ladies. Can encounter Jesus. And live. And that's good news because we are counted as, we are counted within everyone. <laughs> and we are counted within everywhere. And we are counted in this moment. And so the invitation from Jesus on Easter on Resurrection Sunday is would you encounter him